Hang on. Hang on. Halt. Welcome to This Might Be A Podcast, the song-by-song podcast about the greatest band of all time, They Might Be Giants. I'm your host, Greg Simpson, and I'm here with Shelly Pierce, who a lot of you may know from the They Might Be Playing, They Might Be Giants radio marathon. Uh, Shelly Pierce is here to talk about the song XTC versus Adam Ant off of Factory Showroom. Shelly, thanks for being on the show. Oh, it's my pleasure. It's uh, always fun to talk to other They Might Be Giants fans. And it's a it's a big world of They Might Be Giants fans out there. So um, getting to, to chat with more of them is so much more fun. <laughs> yeah, I, I know on the show you're always... Uh, I know sometimes you keep track of... Um like what states people are from that have submitted song requests and what countries and what continents yeah, people. We, yeah. Well, you know, cause I think we, this last one that we just did, I want to say was our seventh year of doing this. And, yeah. I was, yeah, I was um, going to ask you about that actually. Um, so it's KMSU 89.7. If you're local in Mankato. Hey, very good. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Mankato, uh, Minnesota. And, well, how long or KMSU.org on the World Wide Web. There you, so you go. Can listen to us there. Mm-hmm. But how long have you been working? Well, first, how have you how long have you been working for the radio station? Uh, I've been doing shuffle function with my co-host Tim for it'll be twenty years coming up this summer. Wow! So wow. for a while. <laughs> yeah. It's <laughs> uh, it's like a dream come true. It's so much fun, and and our radio station isn't like. We are a college station, but we're not like, uh, well, commercial radio for sure. But right. even other radio stations, uh, even other college stations are pretty, 
militant about what they let people play. Um, we're so fortunate here at KMSU that it's all free form and we can play within FCC rules, whatever we want. So Amazing. we have a lot of variety of, of hosts on our station that play all kinds of stuff. And we're so lucky we can play 12 hours of they might be giants. If we want to play 12 <laughs> hours of they might be giants. Yeah. So I was lucky enough to do a college radio show with my, my wife, then girlfriend uh, back in, let's see, that would have been 2000. One, 2002, I think. That was super fun. But, uh, I mean, I've been podcasting for almost a decade now, various different podcasts. That's my uh, closest I'm getting right now. But uh, that's super cool. 20 years as a radio DJ. Hey, Mr. <laughs> DJ, I thought you said we had a deal. How, uh, so <laughs> how'd you come up with the idea to do the uh, TMBG Marathon? Well, we actually, uh, we're member-supported station, so we do pledge drives two times a year. And we do something that Tim and I came up with uh, uh, on the, the, the show of a day sponsor. So if somebody pledges X amount of dollars, they can choose um, to play. Like A lot of people will say, we just did this week, uh, Tom Waits on Monday. We had a day sponsor, and we played all Tom Waits um, wow. throughout the day. Uh, Tuesday, Tim and I actually did 10 hours of John Lennon and Beatles music to uh, guess it was the commemorate the 40th uh-huh. anniversary. Yeah, so that's that's what a day sponsorship is. And we have a couple listeners, Tom and Chantil, that love They Might Be Giants and said, hey, we want to do a They Might Be Giants day on the day that uh, um, James Enzor died. <laughs> and so it started out uh, the first first year we did it. We did it. Um, I did it from six in the morning till about noon, and I was by myself. And um, I think I put the word out onto the, the the chat pages about it, and just got inundated with pledges. And I was up or ple- with uh, with requests. And I was up here by myself, and I said to Tim, "I can't do this again without help." Yeah. So. The second year, it got even bigger, and I think we went for maybe eight hours, and he was there, and it was just request, request from all over. So, And it's a blast, but it's just, it's a lot <laughs> when you're, um, we're not a big town, and, you know, we get requests, but not literally every five seconds. So, right. Um, the third year is when it started to, to get bigger, and that was, I think, the first year that, John Flansburg then agreed to uh, let us chat with him. Yeah. Um, and that was amazing. And the next year, he was like, well, I'm going to get John to, to join too. So then I think from the fourth year on, we've talked with both of them um, a, a couple of times even. John John Flansburg will just keep calling back sometimes, which is a blast. <laughs> so we'll do the interview, and then he'll just kind of call and check in, uh, which is great i'm not gonna be like sorry john we already talked to you that one time <laughs> so um yeah but, I mean, you guys are so gotten, lucky yeah it's just gotten bigger and bigger and then we were doing the let's get a request from every state so we got all 50 states the first year and they were like well let's try all seven continents and all 50 states and we've done that we did that two years in a row or three years maybe even but then so we we're kind of like, oh, this we've done it. We so <laughs> now this how year many we planets just, can we get? Well, request? <laughs> <laughs> well, this year we went for a request from a country that you would think 
somebody would have requested, but in all the years we've done it, nobody ever has. France. <laughs> so oh. that was our that was our big goal this year, and we got a request within the first five minutes from France, and then we got a lot of French requests, which was great. Um, That's amazing. I'm still working on getting guests on from. I'm still working on continents. I've only had, you know, North America, <laughs> Europe, and Australia. I can, yeah, I'm like, come they're, on, they're out there. I know, I know. But I mean, the the problem I've had sometimes, like uh, there was there was someone I I saw commenting in Miscellaneous Tea Group, and they were uh, in Japan, and I asked them, and they just weren't they weren't comfortable enough with their English skills. Oh, they were a little sure. self conscious about it uh, to be yeah. on. So. I mean, there's that a little bit uh, getting in the way, but um, yeah, I don't know. I'll keep working on it. <laughs> yeah, that's awesome, man. Huh, France? Yeah. It it makes uh, it makes the the world seem a little bit smaller, and I, I really like knowing where everybody's calling or texting from. Or, or um, Tom mentioned, till the day sponsors join us on the 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 air too. Although they're so shy, we always turn their mics on, and they just never talk they're so shy um but but tom does all of the uh um twitter sphere stuff yeah and um gentil used to be in charge of we had a big map in the studio a u.s map and then a world map so she would color in a country or the state and um we try to put pins in where we get requests from so it was really fun to look at it at the end of the the, the 12 hours that is cool um, having that visual yeah yeah and this so this year she was helping Tom with the Twitter world and uh, just getting requests to us that way too. It's it's so we're on the air for twelve hours and some of that is taken up talking with the the Johns. Um, and I think this year was almost three hours worth of, yeah. of that. But yeah. we end up playing only like in all that time maybe a hundred and sixty songs. But we got it's still a lot I, this, of songs. <laughs> oh, it is a lot. But this year, um, I really tried to count it. We got over two thousand requests. Mm. So I, I, I feel bad. And if anybody's out there listening and you've requested music from us in the past and I haven't played it, it's not because I didn't want to. It's just I didn't get to it. So a bunch of those had to be doubled up, though, right? Some of them are. Yeah. 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 But, so, uh, there's so many songs in their catalog, and I bet, oh, you know, yeah. a lot of us super nerds are calling in to request deep cuts. So, like, everyone's trying to, like, I got to request one that they no are. one else is going to request. Yeah. They are. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It, it keeps me on my toes. Uh, every year I get stumped by this year. I could not find Hell Hotel if my life depended on it. And I think I we had maybe know. five or six people requesting that. It's never been on a CD, so. <laughs> I know. So it so makes it a little hard. <laughs> yeah, and it's not on the streaming services anywhere, I don't think. I mean, well, you must count YouTube. Um, I think it's on YouTube, right? Um, I don't know, but I, I'm one of those weird people that don't like to play stuff off of YouTube. So yeah, if I, don't, I hear that, yeah. If I, don't, if I haven't bought it or uh, invested in it, I don't like to... To, to play right. it, then. it doesn't feel real enough for terrestrial radio. Yeah, it is. On, yeah, uh, it is on um, YouTube. Is it? Yeah, but yeah, you'd have to get a, a, your hands on one of those cassettes then. Uh, there, yeah. eighty-five <laughs> demo cassettes. <laughs> play it off the cassette on air. That would be. That'd be I, I I do have a boombox at home for cassettes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I still got the dual tape deck, and I still got a component system stereo. You know. Yeah. <laughs> Five disc CD changer. 
You know, oh boy! Load up that <laughs> Apollo eighteen and hit shuffle. <laughs> so uh, yeah, I was super stoked this year when you brought up the podcast to Flansburg, and then later to Linnell when you were uh, so you were on air, kind of debating over what song you were going to do, whether it was going to be uh, were the replacements or this. Yeah, I actually just listened back to the interviews because um, Tom has posted them both on the uh, They Might Be Playing, They Might Be Giants Facebook page. Mm-hmm. And I thought that I talked to both of them about this song, but no, I talked to them more about the replacement song. Um, hey, we're the replacements. Well, till till at least. You did the, uh, I, I grabbed a bit off of it um, that's relevant that I'll, I'll probably drop in later in the episode of uh, Flans talking about which... Um, what did he say? Like when you're, he's like, I don't want to put my thumb on the scale. And it's like, about what, uh, what, what band? I think he was referring to what band would win the battle is XTC or Adam Ann. And he's like, I don't want to put my thumb on the scale. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. It's pretty I'll funny. I'll put my thumb on the scale for us. But. Yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah. Well, we'll, we'll get to that. Um, but yeah, that was super exciting. So th- thanks. I, I mean, I know they're, you know, sort of aware of it. I've, you know, I've talked to management and stuff and I've had both Danny Weinkoff and Marty on the show so it's like in you know it's it's been you know in their ear maybe a little bit not the actual mm-hmm. podcast but they've heard to well, her tell I, <laughs> I found it interesting that uh, I think it was Linnell more so but both of them to some extent saying that they don't necessarily like being so nostalgic yeah and and that you know I, I, I take a little I take a little grievance with that in in that I'm doing songs from their entire catalog and lots of times, like even like when the show first started, it started right when my murdered remains and the escape team came out. So like within okay. a couple of months, I was already talking about like Duncan, of course, of course, and ampersand and all these songs. So like, and, and when they released that weird kind of one-off song called social media, like uh, last December, like we had an episode about that within a couple of months. So it's kind of like, yeah. Cause I remember he said something about like, oh, this is an ongoing project. And I'm like, well, you know, we are too, and we're just trying to keep up with you. You know, we go back and yeah, we talk yeah. about old songs, um, but we aren't trying to, like, you know, write a book on you or whatever, um, <laughs> you know. So, I don't know. I mean, I don't consider what I'm doing all that different from what you do. You know, it's like, you know, super fans helping, you know, spread the love for this yeah. band, you know. Yeah. So, yeah, I don't know. I mean, getting to talk to Danny and Marty and... You know, I've talked to a couple of past uh, members too, Dan Hickey and Brian Doherty, um, and that's been crazy as it is. I have to say, I'm really impressed with your ability to remember names um, <laughs> and who did what. It's that's the the best reason to have a co-host when you're on a radio show because mm-hmm. I can't remember stuff, and so it's on Tim's head to like finish my sentences. Yeah, or like Google that so quickly. <laughs> I am so impressed that you can just rattle names and and stuff off as well as you do, Uh, especially listening back to some of the shows uh, that you've done. It's like, whoa. Oh, thanks. (laughs) I'm I'm definitely not (laughs) the most encyclopedic about this band, but uh, I try. And, you know, just doing the show has turned me, you know, them from my favorite band to like, they will never be unthroned as the... My favorite band is just (laughs) like... Your favorite obsession. I'm just like deeper and deeper into this obsession now, yeah. So I'm trying to catch up with, with you with how many total hours of They Might Be Giants content you've put out into the world. <laughs> You're going in 12-hour chunks, you know. I'm, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'll oh. catch up to you pretty soon. Oh, yeah, you totally will. <laughs> <laughs> and, and, uh, and we're all winners. 
more we more people out there talking about stuff like this and less people talking about hate or uh mean people and all that it's it's better <laughs> yes you are teambg.love so they're bringing the love yes you're bringing the yeah. love from minnesota to beaming it beaming it across the world now are you in <laughs> indiana yeah i grew up in chicago um and i've lived in lafayette indiana now for six years my wife is a professor at purdue university okay Mm-hmm. I uh, I was born in Iowa, but I lived in um, Evansville and Terre Haute for a while before I moved to moved okay. to Mankato when I was ten. Cool, yeah, so. yeah, yeah. And uh, we went to school uh, at Augustana College in Rock Island, Illinois, so real close to Iowa. There, okay, in the Quad Cities, on the mighty Mississippi. So we're both Midwestern folks here, through Our ex- and through. Although. I've got a Minnesota accent, so oh, yeah. <laughs> I apologize for. We always joke every year with the they might be playing, they might be giants. Who the first? At what point will we get a a text or start seeing in the Twitter feed about? Oh, I love their accents. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's usually pretty early on. <laughs> yeah, I, I don't know what my if what my accent sounds like to people anymore. Like when we when I first moved to Indiana, we moved to to Bloomington first, so the southern part of the state. And people would make fun of my Chicago accent, and I don't, I don't know if that's kind of worked itself <laughs> out of me in the past fifteen years. Um, but I, I caved and started saying "y'all" after a while. That was like I was like, "No, I will not!" Like when I was like, "I will not talk like these hillbillies down here." But eventually, it, uh, you know. Yeah, when I lived in Terre Haute, my neighbors were all from South Carolina, so I actually had a pretty hardcore southern accent when i moved to minnesota <laughs> from all my neighbors right so. <laughs> why are you talking like that yeah uh awesome so why did you eventually finally decide on xtc versus adam ant as your song over over um, the replacements as a, as a minnesotan yeah you know i don't know i think it might be because I I am just a huge fan of XDC. Also, um, in fact, I I I've only been I hate to say this, but I was I, I'm this will date date me for my age, but I'm one of those people that like first day MTV was on the air. It's all that my friends and I watched was MTV for. Yeah. Until they stop playing videos. I mean, if you ever, like, were at a party or a sleepover or you're just at your friend's house, MTV was always on. So Mm -hmm. I was aware of They Might Be Giants because their videos were so awesome. Okay, uh, so MTV is where you first heard about them, too. Yeah, before we get too much into XTC, we haven't talked about your history of (laughs) fandom. Yeah, but uh, um, so I I was aware of, of They Might Be Giants and loved them, but I didn't really actively go out and buy their records or anything. Um, then I was like in my mid twenties and a friend of mine had been living with me and he was going to be moving out to, uh, Snoqualmie, Washington to work at the hotel where twin peaks was made as a (laughs) chef. And all he could bring with him is what he could fit in his car. So he left a lot of stuff at my house and he left all of they might be giants cassettes um nice up until about well this would have been the 90s mid 90s so i had all of that and i just once he left them and i threw one in it was like 
oh my god, why have I not been listening to these guys twenty four seven? So it's factory uh, it, showroom amongst the uh, the cassettes that got left behind. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I had all the cassettes up until God. Uh, there was just a ton of them, and and I was so I mean I mean I wore them out, so I, I still have them, but you you can't even play them. Um, and so that's I really started getting them to then. But I was a fan of XTC. Um, from being a freshman in high school, or even junior high, actually, on. So before um, they might be giants, really. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And uh, I, I, I am a record collector, so I, I uh, one of those people that try to be completist, and I'm a completist with uh, XTC vinyl, um, completist with They Might Be Giants vinyl, and I really wish that Mink Car was on. For everybody listening... Mick Carr was on vinyl, and that's I ask them every year. And this year, they actually said they're working on the album art, so yeah, it got me excited. But yeah, I think there was a little hiccup there, right, with them being able to find the files or like the files for the artwork or something like that. Yeah, yeah, right. and they have to even come up with the uh, the fonts and everything again. But uh, um, I've I've been, I've just been a really long time XTC fan, and so. I thought, all right, this is a chance to talk about another one of my favorite bands um, while I'm talking about They Might Be Giants. <laughs> and, yeah, it's a twofer. And, and I don't want to, I don't want to slack on Adamant in any way because uh, I mentioned I was a, a slave to MTV, and mm -hmm. um, Adamant was huge on MTV, and yeah. all my friends loved Adamant. Um, none of them knew what XTC was because XTC was kind of an outsider band. Um, but yeah. ev everybody knew Adamant. And so. he was such a big, like Flans talks about like his, as a personality, Adamant was just like, he was all about that, that, that image. So it's kind of yep. like that yep. you know, content versus form and stuff like that. All the things that get compared in yeah, the song. Yeah. It's, right. It's, and, yeah, and, I'm trying to remember how Flan said it exactly when he was talking to you. He's like, "Yeah, the, the songcraft versus personality." I'm not. I, I'll play that little part of the the clip in here. Yeah. So, like, I'm I'm getting strange comfort out of uh, just listening to these very conversational um, podcasts. I I am I'm going to be doing the uh, uh, podcast for they might be giants fans where they take on songs. Um, I was going to do it last year, and then I, I had something come up and couldn't do it. But um, you have to choose songs, and a lot of the songs have been taken. But um, I'm going to be doing this in December, and I chose XTC versus Adamant. Um, oh, good. Do you want to weigh in on any? I mean, it, it's it's such a, a song that... I don't know if I want to put my thumb on the scale there. There's Because <laughs> there's, I think even it says in the lyrics, uh, there's, there is no right or wrong. But... Um, do, do you uh, want to talk about that maybe X amount of years on, who you think might oh, be the sure. winner? Oh, yeah, absolutely. I mean, you know, as for, like, things like, um, you know, podcasts about They Might Be Giants, we, I think both John and I, I, I haven't talked to him about it, but we've really demurred from participating in those things, mostly because it's just too weird to be... Uh, so retrospective about something, Even, you know, this is the problem of being in a band for 30 something years is that you, you know, we're still very much under the illusion that this is like an ongoing creative project and mm -hmm. there are all these, there's a lot of activity around kind of um, memorializing and archiving 
what we're doing. And um, it's just too, it's, it's I mean, in, in, bit, in bits and pieces, it's not that hard. But to, uh, you know, to sum things up is, is very, seems very weird to us. But um, about the song SEC and Adamant, basically, you know, we live in a, like, rock culture is a very strange thing. And, you know, a lot of it is about the sort of, the elusive quality of the performer like uh, you know i mean very early on people pointed out that if it wasn't for the sex appeal of the performer there there's no music there like you know like a like people like little richard or jerry lee lewis like their 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 appeal was the power of their performance which was really really intense and then like mm-hmm. adults would listen to these songs and it's just like somebody going like blappity blap blap wow <laughs> wow you know and just, and, and you know like they, parents would just think, "What's that? What's that? You know, who needs that?" And of course, a band like XCC is, you know, coming from a much more formal songwriting point of view. Um, their their first album had a little bit of the blappity blap, but it, but yeah, and I think that was because of that. Or the guy who played the synthesizer once they I don't, left. I don't, I don't, I'm not sure. I think it was also like they, they were they were also coming up. In that no wave moment, I, I can't yeah, help but think yeah. that there was like a, a no wave influence on them. And for people listening who have no idea what no wave was, it was probably like the most unpopular sub set of punk rock that in like 1980-81, where a bunch of noise rock people t- sort of took over downtown New York mm-hmm. and managed to clear the room with their, <laughs> with, with their music because it was it was sort of like you know it was that question of like what's next how can we go farther let's go even farther and they it just they went so far that everybody stopped listening i mean i think i think like james white james. and the blacks yeah. and james james uh uh chance, chance. and the contortions you know th- those are some amazing records um but i do know that it's it's very much an acquired taste, and it might even be a kind of a you had to be there thing. I mean, I, I don't know. I, I'm very into new no way of stuff, but most people just hate it. And it certainly wasn't Blondie, if you know what I mean. No, no, um, it wasn't. So, <laughs> so so I mean, I guess the 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 idea of XTC versus Adamant is that there are these two very valid threads in rock music. One of which is like the 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 compelling song and one of which is like the compelling persona and i just felt like those i I really pulled them out just because at the at that moment they seemed perfectly they they both of them had already already kind of had hit their heights and were kind of at this point they were neither in new faces or in the career retrospective stage of their career they were both kind of dormant acts and and they're very English acts as well, I guess. And and mm-hmm. England tends to kind of chew through their artists anyway. So, but you know, at, at any given time, you'll get both things happening, and it, they, their appeal is just to different people. I personally think that you know, it's I I like the the persona driven rock music. I, I mean, I don't. I'm not really into. I'm not really into biography as like a, a driving force for. Um, celebrity, you know, I, I don't like the. I find a lot of that stuff kind of takes any lightness out of it. Um, you know, I was talking to a guy 
Dave Robinson from Stiff Records. Um, he started Stiff Records, and his first gig in music was as roadie for Jimi Hendrix. And <laughs> wow. he, he said, and he this this guy was like a friggin' encyclopedia of rock music. I can tell you, he's he knows everything about everybody. Um, but he was saying that one of the things about that's weird about about Jimi Hendrix is that because he died so young and died the way that he did. Um, and the sort of the myth-making part of rock is set up in such a certain way. He seems like this, at best, he seems like a mystical figure, and a lot of times he just seems like he's like totally humorless. And the weird thing is that Jimi Hendrix was a hilarious guy to be around a lot of the time. Like, he was a total goofball, mm-hmm. and like very playful and, you know, kind of Dionysian. And... um all of that kind of went out the window when he died. So it was like, it's, you know, it's, it's, it's you know, it probably doesn't, doesn't serve his brand to be thought of as like, oh, here comes Jimi Hendrix, the happy-go-lucky, <laughs> prankster. you know, prankster. <laughs> but, but that is kind of who he was. So anyway, I, but... I don't know if that helps. That helped a lot. That was very interesting. And, and I just got a, a message from Greg saying, come on, say the name of the podcast. Oh, this might be a podcast, than, I, yeah, which I is great. Another... Was, you know, I went back and listened to the to the interview, and I didn't catch that part. So good. I did talk to him more about it. That's good. Because um, I just was listening to little bits of it to catch it, and I must have not listened to it again. That's good. I, I'm saying it's good because in my memory, I talked to him, but I couldn't find it. So I'm like, God, I just must really spaced off everything that day <laughs> um so but so I, that's that's kind of why i decided to go with this song and yeah. it's just it's just such a brilliant song too oh, it's amazing Let, let's play some let's play people a little bit of xtc and uh, a little bit of adam ant uh do you want to tell people a little bit more about xtc as, as a band what they're all about well they're um to, to me xtc is primarily andy partridge and i i mm-hmm. Still a, a big fan of of him, even though he's not really. He, he actually just put out a couple ten inches, and he's been working with Robin Hitchcock, and they supposedly are working on a, a new album together. But I don't know how the COVID has maybe affected all of that. But uh, he's just Andy Partridge is a guy who can sit down and write a pop song without trying, and mm-hmm. and I just I just love that about him because I'm a big sucker for pop. Uh, songs and when I say pop, I don't mean like the what the top forty people refer to pop music as. For refer to it as like bubblegummy, catchy. You hear it one time and oh, you yeah, can yeah, sing yeah. it. Yeah, um, I think if you throw power in front of that and say power pop, there you then, go, uh, power pop. Yeah. That'll work. <laughs> um, and and he's just so good at that. But yet he plays. They can do really quiet songs. They can do in their earlier stuff. It was really loud stuff. Um, just. Uh, I I would say if you like songwriting, you should totally check out this band because they're just so good. But um, they cover a I, lot of ground in their in their career. Yeah, they they yeah. really do. Um, and uh, they primarily had the same people with them the whole time through as well too. Um, mm-hmm. And and also, um, I would really check out the Dukes of Stratosphere. And if you're a fan of, they might be giants. They've covered. I think they did Twenty Five O'clock from yes. Dukes of Stratosphere. Yes, uh, yeah, of, of course, of course, they might be giants. Had to, uh, you know, as uh, people who love obscure, they might be giant songs. 
They Might Be Giants love obscure XTC side project songs. So it's pretty wild. And and the Dukes of Stratosphere stuff is great. I I wish they would put out more of that stuff, too. Mm. So... Mm -hmm. Because it gets a little psychedelic in there as well, but... Well, maybe you'll have to come on again later and we can talk about the Mumpy Giants cover of 25 o'clock for another (laughs) episode. No one's claimed that because I think it's not on the spreadsheet. I keep thinking of things that are, you know, uh, some of those deepest cuts. uh, Sure. People will be like, well, where is this? And we're like, oh, right. Like, I forgot the spine surfs alone out there. What's going on? Uh, Yeah. Well, there's, there's so much. How can you... How can you keep track of it all? It's tough. So the the com the the things that they have in common, XTC and Adamant are both uh, British acts that yes. formed. I mean, XTC under a couple of different names uh, formed in the early seventies, but as XTC uh, and then as Adam and Adam and the Ants um, formed in the late seventies in yep. uh, England. Um, but yeah, as far as we talked about, like how Adam Ant had this big, this huge personality partridge was almost like the opposite i mean they became a he did not like touring he didn't seem to really like well, being he, a center of attention he seemed more like an he, introvert he actually i you can see the footage of it on youtube um he was a fierce performer just if you watch erg a musical war and they do respectable street it's amazing but um it was not long into their career maybe the third or maybe the third at fourth album and he walked off stage with uh, stage fright and yeah. never went back mm-hmm. and you can see the moment where he just kind of puts his guitar down and walks off um and so i think that i think that's affected their popularity to some extent because they couldn't go out and tour with the albums um they couldn't get out, go out and introduce their music to to new listeners and right. mm-hmm. um and they and they they had hits to some extent, but not, not like I think they probably should have. But yeah. uh, no number ones or anything. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I don't think on either side of the, either side of the pond. No, um, and I think, uh, uh, I think out of the, well, we'll talk about because I think Adam Ant actually even got topper closer to the top than XTC ever did. Mm-hmm, but yeah. Uh, mm-hmm. Yeah, well, yeah, I don't know. Maybe maybe Partridge thought, you know, hey, if we're Beatle-based pop, you know, Beatles, they stopped touring halfway through. Maybe we can do the same. <laughs> <laughs> no, he, he, it was it was all uh, uh, strictly out of fear. I yeah. mean, he just mm-hmm. could not do it. Yeah. And so so that just kind of endears you to him, but then just saddens you. Because I, I never got to see them. I would love to have seen them. I have friends that saw them back in the day, but... Mm-hmm. Uh, it's just yeah. nothing I'll ever get to. I'll have to get a time machine to do that. Right, right. So, yeah, so while Flans describes them as Beatle-based pop, in their early days, they were really kind of riding the uh, post-punk and new wave, new wave uh, yeah. that was going on um, and more kind of like herky-jerky rhythms and, and angular, uh, you know, guitar parts and stuff like that, that um, on their early stuff, I was wanting to play their first uh, what was sort of a hit of sorts was uh, making plans for Nigel off of uh, Drums and Wires. This is 1979. I believe this one's actually sung by the other uh, by Colin Molding. I believe. Is I that right? Do you know? Believe you are correct. Yeah. Let's listen a little bit of that one.
It's really hard because their voices sound so much alike. It's crazy because yeah. Colin doesn't sing a lot of songs, but um, even as an XTC fan, uh, I didn't realize some of the songs that he was singing until like in the last five years. So <laughs> again, another, another parallel with they might be giants. There are some people that go years with it. They're like, wait, there's two different guys that sing lead. <laughs> <laughs> They're both named John? Why is that? <laughs> and I, I think, uh, and then later, I think one of the, their most critically uh, acclaimed albums is uh, Skylarking from 1986, which I would say maybe they, they they still sounded pretty 80s. I mean, I think that maybe a lot of that is the production, um, but they settled more into that power pop and Beatle-based yeah, pop type that, sound. That was my first album from them, and that is, I can sing that front to back around a campfire yeah i listened to it on the way to work today yeah and todd todd rundgren produced it and he did not mm -hmm. andy partridge and he did not get along at <laughs> all but uh i i i think it helped i i think that kind of not getting along but but trying to get their point across definitely helped with that album i, I love that album so much if there's yeah. an album you want to yeah. start with start with that one yeah, and so let's listen to uh, my favorite track off that. My favorite XTC track uh, as a whole is That's Really Super, Super Girl. Let's listen a little That's bit. It's a good one. one. I can hold you down if you want to fly. Can't you see I'm all broke up inside? I'll just you use your two and say I heard like Is there any other? Is do you want to pick an XTC song to play, or do you think that's a good enough oh my sampling? Gosh. I mean, if you want to pick a one, you think mm. people might not already know. I mean, their biggest hit was "Dear God." Um, yeah, which but was, I, I just love "Supergirl." No, that's that's an awesome, awesome song. It's so catchy. You can sing that one straight through the first time you hear it. Um, you know, I would say with them that. Uh, because I, being such a fan, I was with them through none such. And then their drummer left, and then they put out these uh, couple of albums, a couple, two, three albums that were kind of, they were quieter, and they were uh, no drums or drum sync. The, the, it, the drums not being there really bothered me, and I kind of was like, I'm not going to listen to that, but... Yeah, they lost their drummer at a point, didn't they? And then yeah, they just kind of had like left. session guys after that. Yep. Yeah. But uh, some of the stuff off of those those albums are just 
amazing because I've uh, there's Burning Shed has been reissuing them, and um, so I've been picking picking up the ones that I either didn't have because uh, to get some of those original albums, like to get none such is at least a hundred bucks on vinyl, if mm-hmm. if not more. Mm-hmm. And uh, <clears throat> I'd rather spend thirty dollars on a reissue <laughs> for now. Sure, but, yeah. Uh, um, I don't. It, it'd be really hard to pick a favorite song of theirs, but um, gosh, that's be put on the spot <laughs> to choose one Sorry. song, one one desert song. Um, I'm trying to think of something that because I I also love uh, um, lemons and oranges. Um, mm-hmm. and I, and I think, cause I would hear this when I worked, uh, I worked at a grocery store and they would play a uh, mayor of simpleton every so often over the, uh, store intercom. And I'd be like, Oh my God, nobody knows who this band is except me. This is my reward for working today. It's hearing an XTC song. <laughs> so should we play mayor of simpleton then? Sure. Yeah. Right. That's so catchy and. It might be a song that you didn't that you actually have heard before, and you didn't realize that was XTC. So that that might work. Yeah, hey, actually, this is their only American single to chart, coming in at 72. <laughs> it got to 46 in the UK, but this was their only... So, Dear God didn't chart in the US? I guess not. They're oh, only, they didn't? Their only American single to chart, yeah. Uh, let's see, Dear God, how high did Dear God get in uh, the Well, UK? Dear God, they say, is this because it was not originally on the Todd Rundgren or the uh, the official release. Oh yeah, it was a B side. Um, they later yeah, it was included a B-side, it. Yeah. And Todd Rundgren wanted it on there, and they're like, "No, we don't want it." But the American album, they actually threw it in there. It's like Todd Rundgren got his way. Mm. Um, and then that made like the U.S. go, "Hey, who are these guys?" Which is is such a strange song because it's kind of like their stuff, but it's really not because it's real angsty and. Yeah, it's kind of they don't have a lot of right? angsty kind of stuff. Yeah, and, and it starts so, off. It's like a kid singing at the beginning, right? Yeah, at the end, yeah. right? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, oh man, I'm just, yeah, I'm just looking at Dear God on Wikipedia here. Here's, <laughs> ouch. This this one this is this is unfair. But uh, VH1 ranked it as number 62 on their 100 greatest one hit wonders of the 80s. Fuck you, VH1. <laughs> <laughs> oh my goodness. Yeah. <laughs> The band that really, sh- I mean, I I am also on a chat group for XTC, and I have to say that XTC and They Might Be Giants fans are very, very similar. Um, it's just they're different bands that they're obsessing on. They're 
super um, detail-oriented. Like, if you put a question on the chat page within 30 seconds, you're going to have the answer. Mm -hmm. uh, and then you're going to have, like, somebody saying, here's the song, and here's a video. and here It's a... Uh, it's just fanatical love from both of them. Very, very similar fan base, um, and I and I and I do think that a lot of them probably go back and forth. I'm sure there's XTC fans that are just as big. They might be Giants fans, and just the opposite for that. But very similar. Um, yeah, there is a. And, I mean, and, there might be I'm more not, than one. I am not part of an Adam Ant chat room or anything yeah. like that. Um, uh, there actually is an XTC uh, podcast, maybe more than one, but there was one that chimed in when uh, I said something about, um, I tweeted something out about uh, that you were going to be on and I mentioned the song and they must have just been searching for like XTC content and come sure. across that tweet <laughs> and they're like, oh, hey, check this out. And it was like they had done, uh, you know, episodes on you know, so many XTC songs. They're like, here's some, here's some research for you. I'm like, whoa, okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's 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 really impressive the knowledge that uh, some of these fans have. And I and I've always been someone that um, I don't really look at the the little liner notes and stuff. I just listen to it, and mm -hmm. uh, and I and I'm not proud of that. I wish that I was I somebody that could keep all the details in my head, but. Um, and you'll find out more stuff about it. But I've always just, I've just put the album on and played it and not sat and stared, unless it's a Smith's album. Um, uh, well, sit and stare at Morrissey, but. Um, uh, I, I still want to hear what he has studied. to say off record. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I have to say when I was uh, in high school, it was XTC and the Smiths. And uh, I was a big fan of the cure and um, that mm -hmm. kind of stuff. So, yeah. Um, you like your British, eighties, uh, British eighties rock, yeah, 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 and kind of underground stuff, yeah, at the time. So um, in the eighties, but uh, yeah, I I uh, was looking at Adam Ant stuff after uh, you sent me um, a couple videos to look at, and mm -hmm. and um, it it was it's such a shocker that uh, how high Goody Two Shoes got on the chart for for him. Because oh, yeah. where, uh, where did that it's land? a great song. Yeah, I think it got to number twelve, <clears throat> which Let's is. See. Yeah. I, I'm, I'm surprised, but at the same time, I when that video came out, it was like every fifteen minutes MTV played it. Oh. Um, it was just all over the place. It was on right, the radio. Well, we it was play... on MTV. We could play that one later. First, let's play one from Kings of the Wild Frontier, 1980. Uh, uh, I will say is the only physical uh, Adam Ant record that I own, and that was Adam and the Ants. Okay. Um, but that one, I mean, it's it's pretty wild. This uh, the song "Dog Eat Dog" uh, can show people this um, this uh, Burundi beat, which is from uh burundi is a central african country it's next to rwanda um and i don't know how they you know what led them to like being a fan of these tribal rhythms from you know central africa but they mm -hmm. worked them into these pop songs and uh they had two drummers and adam and the ants so that that held there's a very very percussive sound which is super cool yeah yeah um so let's uh 
let's let people listen to a little bit of that. Kitty Two Shoes you mentioned is off of um, that's off of Friend or Foe from 1982. Yep. That one yep. we, he just went as uh, it was just Adam Ant um, who yeah wasn't born as Adam Ant obviously Stuart Goddard is his no, uh, no. real name. <laughs> um, <laughs> but yeah, let's let's play a little bit of Kitty Two Shoes then too. Adamant. Um, you know, I actually just played them on the radio this morning. I played ant music. Um, mm-hmm. I, I like. I, I have. They have some songs that I like, but I don't. I've never listened to all of his discography by any means. Yeah, me neither. So I'm a big fan of uh, Goody Two Shoes, Standard Deliver, Ant Music. Um, gosh, what was that? Other? Desperate but not serious. Basically, mm-hmm. the songs that he had videos for. Um, yeah, and people should go watch some of these videos because, like we mentioned, oh yeah, yeah. you know, his personality and his fashion was was a big part of you know what made him a star. Yep, he was, and he was not uh, not to, that difficult to look at either. He, I mean, <laughs> I think all all of us growing up had a little crush on on him and his pirate look. Yeah, um, I know. Like he, it goes between like pirate and like some sort of. Napoleon like kind of costume, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's old, like yeah, yeah with battle a, with the big cape. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. So, like we were talking about before, um, while well, Flans calls XTC Beetle-based pop, he says new romantic, which is a very hard genre to pin down. I was reading about yeah, it today, I, and I had and, to look that up too to see exactly what yeah. that might be referring to. It kind of makes sense. It seems like he got lumped in with it more because of his fashion than his music. Because it seemed like it yeah. was more kind of like the musical elements of it were more kind of like club music and more uh, synthesizer based. Where his is really 
not that heavily synthesizer focused. No, uh, no. Or, you know, percussion I, and guitars. Looking at New Romantic, I felt like it was more uh, um, a comment on fashion, not so mm-hmm. much the music. And so, because like the bands that they had, they included when I looked it up was uh, like Boy George, who definitely had a look. Um, right. And like Duran Duran. Yeah. Yeah. Like and they that. even included like Flock of Seagulls. So I mm-hmm. consider a lot of those bands to just be like Flock of Seagulls for sure to be new wave, but they had a real distinctive look. And so it was like if a band made an effort to have a look, they were called New Romantic or yeah. something like <laughs> there that. There you go. Because <laughs> uh, even like, uh, oh, that song that um, the Dexy Midnight Riders, Come on Eileen. Mm-hmm. Um, they're all wearing the the overalls and stuff. That would, I think, kind of be a new romantic then, because they had several videos where they were decked out like that. But yeah, just looking off the Wikipedia for uh, Wikipedia page for new romantic. Uh, new, uh, the new romantic movement uh, originated in the United Kingdom in the nineteen seventies. The nightclub scene in London, London and Birmingham. Uh, it was characterized by flamboyant, uh, eccentric fashion inspired by fashion boutiques in Birmingham and um, a lot of uh, glam influence, I think. A lot of David Bowie influence and Roxy music and stuff like that um, influenced it. But yeah, then the music it came to be a lot of like dance club and uh, synthesizer-based music. But yeah, it, and it mentions, yeah, a whole list of... of, of uh, of acts, but then it also says, and also Adam and the Ants were labeled by this, although uh, they repudiated this, and neither, uh, neither um, this other act they mentioned, Japan, who I don't really know, Japan and Adam and the Ants, neither had any direct connection to the original scene. So I think they just kind of got lumped in based on um, strong fashion choices. Yeah, and I would say Japan was more new wave. They, they didn't really have a look, per se, if it's if the memory of what I'm thinking of them looking like <laughs> is actually true <laughs> 40 years on. Um, yeah, but yeah, uh, yeah I, I, I'm never really comfortable with uh, ter- or verbology that they'll throw on to bands and stuff like that. I'm, I'm never like right. trying to label things and I know it makes life easier, but I don't know. Yeah. Even, even like trying to, to, really pin down what new wave is and who a new wave band is if you look at lists of that it's like (laughs) no they were not new wave um so yeah yeah and again these these genre names it's like new wave just meant like oh this is a new wave of bands you know the next thing but that doesn't that doesn't describe anything what does that mean (laughs) yeah no yeah to me new wave had to have a lot of synthy stuff going on that's right. That's that's new wave in my head. Synthesizers. And so the one other band name checked in this song is Bow Wow Wow. Do you know? Do you know much about Bow Wow Wow? I mean, you were, you were watching MTV oh, yeah. in the eighties. Yep. Yeah. I love candy. It was on just as much as Adam and <laughs> Right. Well, <laughs> do you know the be. Do you know the connection there? Uh, I do know that some of the members um, were from Adamant. I think weren't they poached? They were poached. So um, Malcolm oh, McLaurin. Uh, yes. Malcolm McLaurin. Yeah, yeah Malcolm Mr. McLaurin. Who was famous for, yes. Uh, for most famous things. for, yeah, for managing the Sex Pistols. Uh, and then later the New York Dolls. But, you know, he, Adam, <laughs> so Adam wanted Malcolm McLaurin to be his manager. But then what McLaurin did was just steal his whole band and stick him with uh, Annabella Lynn 
uh, who was 13 at the time as their singer and formed Bow Wow Wow. So Bow Wow Wow were a manufactured band of this, you know, he thought this young girl must have had, you know, some it star factor, and she did. And she's like, hey, I like your band. I'm taking them. And so Adam had to <laughs> find a whole new band. So, yeah. so that, that's funny that, yeah, even the singer of Bow Wow Wow can't make up her mind. Yeah, I don't know. Adam Anka, you know, I stole I, his band. Do I, you know, who do I vote for in this? I have to think that the Bow Wow Wow thing just fit in with writing the song. That it I mean, just, you know Flans knew that connection, though. He's a rock historian. They're bands of the same time frame, um, so it works. And they use some of those tribal rhythms a little bit, too. Malcolm McLaurin also stole some of that, that Burundi beat stuff and a little bit got worked into Bow Wow Wow. Malcolm McLaurin stole everything he ever did. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. The, How can our, I make the most money Took our of New this. York punk scene and took it over to the UK, who then... Yep told us all about what punk music was. I know, right? Hey, you guys should dress like Richard Hell. Who's that? Oh, it's, take a look at this guy. His clothes are ripped. Why don't you guys do that? <laughs> oh, yeah. So, But that's I, okay. Yeah, I think it's time to actually get on to the They Might Be Giants song. Okay. We're, you know, talking about these lyrics uh, kind of as we go so far. Um, but let's break them down a little bit more. Um, sure. I mean, right off the bat, the XTC versus Adamant, content versus form, that's, I mean, that's the one I wasn't really, I have a little more trouble um, understanding what he means by that. Is he saying that XTC has the, you know, the content is the songs, but then what is form referring to? I think what he's saying, yeah, I think because XTC, I think is definitely content. I kind of feel like uh, form is like taking a shape or a look. Mm-hmm. So I think that's referring to Adamant, who was not so uh, not as good a songwriter as Andy Partridge um, by any means. And so the the like heady stuff for you to think about was XTC. The 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 other part is totally Adamant, um, the form, which mm-hmm. is just I don't know. Forms are simple things that take shape, and I don't I I don't want to like make it sound like I don't like Adamant, but Definitely XTC is a content here. <laughs> right, 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 yeah. Because <laughs> form to me, I'd always say, so you're saying like, yeah, like a physical form. To me, form, I always think about form as like, you know, the way a uh, song can be structured, you could call it the form of the song. Oh, sure, um, yeah. But yeah, that, so that was always confusing to me. Like, those kind of can mean kind of the same thing, <laughs> the content of the song, the form of the song, the way it's arranged. Um, and then Flansburg contradicts himself, like right off the bat, he says they're fighting for their place in rock and roll. But then he says there is no right or wrong. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, maybe that's just a way of being polite. <laughs> right. Because, <laughs> I mean, you gotta, you got to say the Flames is a bigger XTC fan. There's there's no way. I mean, they've covered this obscure uh, XTC side project song. They, uh, in the Hello Record Club, they put out an EP by Andy Partridge. So yep. there's all these, you know, and they, they've mentioned them before. Well, I don't know if there's any other place they've mentioned Adam Ant. I think I think it's pretty clear, you know, if Flans put his <laughs> thumb on the scale, who he'd yeah. be, you know, rooting for in this battle. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But that kind of goes along in the next verse, is just when you think it's finished with XTC on time, it's like, oh, XTC has these songs. But then Ant Music, which is the title of a song, like a phoenix flies back up the charts, and it was a, you know, a hit. I, I think that... 
I think that is really smart songwriting on his part because to me, like, and I think I just said this earlier when I was talking about XTC, they're the band that more people should know about and they should have had, like, these songs should have been hits. Like, this should have been so big, but they just never really were. They kind of found yeah. their, mar- their, their listeners, but it didn't go huge. Um, but yet Adamant, like, at the time, everybody knew who Adamant was. Right. It, you had to be living under a rock or in a cave not to have heard of Adam Ant. And so I think these two squaring off is great. So like XTC, you think, oh, God, they're so much better. They're just going to clean up the mat with this. But then, nope, who's got the big hits that all the kids like? Right. It's Adam Ant. <laughs> so, yeah. So then in the next stanza, he says, only one will survive. Uh, and then the Beatle-based pop versus New Romantic. History will decide. So... If we look at it, you know, in retrospect there, so in, in the 80s, maybe it was Adam Ant that won the battle because yep. he had the hits. But looking back on it now, you know, 35, 40 years later on their songs, who do you think, I mean, it's hard for us to say both as, as music nerds, you know, oh. what what the consensus would be like. XTC. <laughs> right. Like, if, you know, but like if you asked someone, a normal person, which I'm not including us as, uh, as normal people, yeah, but you know, no. people who listen to mainstream music, maybe they, they probably wouldn't even have know about either or remember either. Be like, oh, I, think, I, don't, I know. don't think they would, which is kind of, I think, the point too. <laughs> um, so, what if we're talking more about nerds, like music critics and stuff like that? Who do you think is going to come out on top in retrospect? XTC. Because I, I think they've, I think a lot of people have, uh, critically said these these guys are just uh such great musicians such great songwriters um although i was following andrew partridge on twitter but he's not been on it for a while um Mm -hmm. if you ever want to make him mad (laughs) leave him off of a top 100 uh guitar list for uk players Oh. <laughs> oh, oh my goodness! <laughs> and he's he is an amazing guitar player, um, but uh, I don't think he gets a lot of credit for it. All of them are great sure. musicians, um, but uh, I don't think I think Adam Ant is more just a blip in history. And if anything, he'll be remembered not for his music, but for that flamboyant look that we were talking about. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, and that's not to take away from his music. He's got some really good songs but i think uh you know xtc's albums are all getting reissued yet i don't think anybody's reissuing friend or foe or uh um any of adam ant's music mm-hmm. um and so I'd, I'd have to say xtc without a doubt yeah <laughs> I, I would agree with that. So, yeah, then the next stanza is the bow, wow, wow part. Uh, and then the one after that, the time is marching on. There is no right or wrong. Then then a lot of um, this song, because this is, I mean, this is a pretty long song for They Might Be Giant song. It's, what is it? Is it I mean, it's creeping up close I to I think it's a four, four minute, yeah. Yeah. Uh, a lot of this song is really really sweet part? musical elements <laughs> yeah including that that coda there so let's talk about the musical elements of this song because this this like factory showroom i think is one of their most bombastically produced albums they were using that electra money what are your <laughs> what are your favorite uh musical elements of this song with you know with the lyrics out of the way 
Well, I always thought that because uh, I there's this is one of my favorite albums of theirs. Um, there is so much good stuff on this album. <laughs> um, <laughs> and XTC versus Adamant is like one of my least favorite songs on this album. Really? So, <laughs> um, but that's it's just I like it, but it's just uh, um, I will listen to probably seven or eight songs before I would play that one um, to okay. listen to. But I always admired that if you're singing a song called XTC versus Adamant, they didn't try to make it sound like an XTC song or an Adam Ant song. No. It, and it doesn't, and it just is so, because it's got like that jarring guitar stuff at the very beginning um, that it's just like, all right, we can't sound like this stuff at all, so I'm just going to make noise. <laughs> And I don't want it to sound like XTC or Adamant because we oh, got to keep oh, it a clean slate. A guitar but solo they, right off the bat, and uh, the guitarist there, Eric Schirmerhorn, played okay. played lead guitar on this track, and that solo just like rips right out of the gate, and and the tone it on it is just really really biting tone, like it's really in your face. Yep. Which maybe be part of the versus aspect of it. So it's like, all right, this is a battle. We're going to play something kind of fierce. <laughs> <laughs> Team BG versus XTC versus Adamant. Yeah. <laughs> it's a total free for all. <laughs> but, I, but I love the, the strings that's in this too. Because um, mm-hmm. I, I grew up playing in the, the orchestra. Nice. And so... It's like, oh my God, there's some strings that would always stick out in my ears. Yeah, I actually did a Patreon episode. There is some some uh, a live portion of it too. I did a Patreon episode about symphonic strings in They Might Be Giants oh, nice. songs. And I had three violinists on and they each picked a couple of songs. And um, I'm forgetting who picked XTC versus Adamant. Um, but yeah, we talked about this quite, quite at length. And... The, I mean, in fact, there's like, there's basically a whole verse dedicated to the strings where it plays kind of like flourishes yeah. based on the verse melody. They come in about, you know, halfway through the song and just, there's these just huge, this is really cool string arrangements going through Like, uh, one of my favorite parts is the, um, well, just when it's going into one of the courses, the XTC, it's like, reen, reen, Regis the violin is just kind of oh, like yeah. screeching up above it. Psycho so sounds. Yeah. Yeah, pretty much, right? <laughs> so good. So yeah, good. I know I, I was I played uh, this song on the radio this morning to listen to it one more time. Um and I and then I grabbed the liner notes because it's like, what instrument is that at the end? Where it's got all the burr, 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 burr parts. And there's nothing listed except it says vocal sample. It's like, is that somebody singing that they put that through something? It's it's, it's something through Linnell's keyboards. Yeah, it might be like, I mean, kind of like a modern version of like a Mellotron where like, you know, it's a sampled vocal sound. Okay. And then he's using, you know, like the pitch wheel or the bender on it to make a... Yeah. It kind of just keeps like dipping down almost like this, this queasy kind of way it's pretty it's awesome. such a strange way to end the song and that's a big part of why i it always annoyed me because um, <laughs> it's just like why is this why is this part here it just seems kind of tagged on 
and it's just strange. <laughs> um, and, and I've never really been able to work out why it is there. Why why not just end the song with right or wrong, and then you know the little bit of the strings. But Another, I don't. It just yeah. It just kind of just keeps going to the point where it's like, oh my god, just stop. <laughs> 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 Another weird thing about it is that uh, it it has a separate bassist for the ending. Graham uh, Graham maybe who uh, played bass in this, this on this record for They Might Be Giants uh, is is credited as the bass player for the song. But then bass ending is Hal Craig. Oh, it does say bass who, ending. Mm-hmm, who is a member huh. of Monopuff. So he is the one who's doing that little at the end over okay. those when the strings are finishing up and that keyboard comes in. So I guess that's him. I don't I don't know how that ended up becoming a thing. You know, they recorded it with with Graham and then uh, must have been jamming. Around. They went, I, like, I yeah. really like that. Record that. <laughs> it, is a, it is a cool little part. It's a weird way to end the song. So the song does come in at three minutes and 37 seconds, which is pretty long for okay. the Might Be Giants. But I think if you cut off that ending, it's probably like 310 or something. I mean, that's a long yeah, ending. Yeah. I And I've, I just, I should have asked them like, why is that ending on there? But I, I'm not going to tell them how to write their songs. Because, <laughs> um, you know, I, it, it kind of reminds me of uh I'm I'm a big fan of uh, comedians, uh, um, and do you mm-hmm. know who Will Forte is? Oh, of course. Okay, they did that one skit on Saturday Night Live with the potato chips, um, <laughs> where he he was just he like the thing about Will Forte that I like is like he'll just keep going even uh-huh, though he yeah. knows it's really painful <laughs> and like and that people are like oh stop it already he'll just keep it keep it going and it's mm-hmm. kind of like that's what the end of that song is it's like i know these these notes are <laughs> just not friendly to your ear but i'm gonna do it another three or four times <laughs> i'm just gonna let this work out they might have um, got to prove they still got some of that art rock in them you know get, get weird <laughs> they gotta get weird yeah yeah <laughs> they don't need to prove anything to us they can do whatever they want um, yeah but yeah. uh but it, but full disclosure, yeah, I would like one of my favorite songs of theirs is Pet Name, and so I'm listening to Pet Name probably six times before I'm coming to XTC mm-hmm. versus Adamant. Um, good one, good one. I had a pretty big episode with that one uh, with Justin McElroy, uh, pretty famous podcaster from My Brother, My Brother and Me. That one was a big episode. Uh, that was a good one. That was his song that he picked. Oh, such a good song. Yeah. yeah. But yeah, XTC versus Adam Ant, I you know, it's I'm not sure if I were gonna rank factory showroom songs, I'm not sure where it would land, but it's just it has a really cool sound to it. Like it's very kind of like stomping. It's got this kind of swagger to it, which is not something you would say about a whole lot of they might be giants aren't so much about the swagger. It is it, it, you know. <laughs> um but this one it's got some swagger and it's almost like cinematic and it's uh and I think a lot of what's making me say that word is probably the strings. Um, but it's just very, has this very grand sound to it. Where if you get to a song like My Own Worst Enemy, it's like this tiny little song. that just has these little dinky instruments and stuff like that. Yeah, yeah. So it's it's a very different kind of song for them. Yeah, yeah. Well, it's, uh, 
There's a lot of strange stuff on here because it's got exquisite dead guy. Um, and mm-hmm. I can hear you, of course, which is just a whole thing about sound. Um, uh, but, you know, I because I kind of think of SEXXY and XTC versus Adamant kind of in the same mm-hmm. same way. And in, when I'm looking at it, it's like, well, maybe I think that because there's a lot of strings on SEXXY, too. We talked about that um, on the string episode as well. Yeah. <laughs> so, so maybe that's why I feel that way. But, um, you know, when I, I remember from the interview when I did mention it to Linnell, he said, so you do replacements and then XCC. He's like, you're picking a lot of songs where we name check bands. Yeah, I heard that. <laughs> and I wanted to go back and go, do they name check other bands? Yeah. Oh, and yeah. I never had a chance to, to do that because all I could think is Young Fresh Fellows. You can't have your Young Fresh Fellows tape back. Mm-hmm. Um, but I'll bet there's other bands out there and people are probably yelling it at their out loud as they're listening now. What and about twisting, this one? Yeah, and Twisting, they also mentioned the DBs. Oh, sure. And in Rhythm Section 1, add, they mention uh, MDC, which is Millions of Dead Cops, a hardcore band, which is a very out there really? reference for them. Yeah, yeah I mm-hmm. don't think I would have picked up on that. Wow. Yeah. I wonder what that is about. <laughs> <laughs> Because that's that's one thing they haven't gone into is some kind of heavy metal something or other, at all. Yeah, I mean, I've I've done a couple of songs recently that I think kind of uh, steer a little bit towards the punk side. I just did an episode on Stompbox, uh, which is a pretty punk rock song in my opinion. Sure. So sure. I mean, I know Flans wear gloves, the Ramones and stuff like that. I'm not sure how much Linnell's into punk, but you'll see Flans with the Ramones shirts on some early footage and stuff like that. So it's 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 in their DNA, but um, doesn't come to the forefront all that much. Sure. But yeah, they haven't exactly gone hardcore or metal, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> or straight up rap either. There's been some like big beats and stuff like that, but they haven't rapped yet, and that's probably for the best. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I would agree with you. <laughs> uh, um, let's see. I was just looking back the the wiki to see if there's any trivia we missed it's a, cu- a couple of things that flansburg has said in interviews that we've kind of touched on already are you, are you looking at uh they might be a wiki uh-huh i let's of just course. do a sh- little shout out to those guys who are doing um god's work oh i, I shout <laughs> them out every are, episode i mean they know oh, that's, that's, they're, they're just so good <laughs> it's it's the first stop for uh team g research um oh, yeah and Oh, and I'm happy. I'm very proud to say that this might be a podcast is now on the wiki. We have our own page nice. on the wiki. And um, Sean Cook, who uh, was also recently on the podcast doing uh, wearing a raincoat, he has started doing a, a <laughs> an episode guide. So not only do we have a page, but I think he's to like the 80th episode or something. He's charting out all oh, the doing episodes like a of this podcast. <laughs> well, there will be like little notes, and it has like my score that i give to the song and okay my guest score and like other notable things and um which I thought is pretty you were gonna wild. say he was gonna do a he's doing a podcast on a episode recap of a podcast your, on the podcast podcast <laughs> those, <laughs> those are a thing <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> that would be man a little too meta well that means you are officially a big big deal 
Oh yeah. If you've made it to TMB Wiki. <laughs> it's pretty wild. It's uh it's 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 an honor for sure. Are you going yeah, are you going in amazing. and correcting things? <laughs> <laughs> the one thing I'm always ragging on is the guitar tabs, but that's uh, you know, that's just me being a dork. Um, oh, like it's oh, not you, in that key. Oh, are you really? Oh, that's awesome. <laughs> yeah, I mean, just because like there's there's so many very complicated. They might be giant songs that are very sneaky in their complexity, where there'll be like key changes or like other weird modes that they use. And uh, um, nothing really to talk about though with with this song. It is very solidly in uh, the key of E minor, so nothing really to contest okay. here. Um, but yeah, oftentimes I like to go into that. It's uh, which I, I I hesitated at first, but I got some good feedback on that. Of people liked hearing something about the music theory oh, of these songs. Um, I, uh, this, yeah. I, I I think I mentioned that I played in the orchestra. I, I did that through college, um, and I played in the symphony until I started doing the radio show. Um, but I taught. I, I played bass, and I had to teach myself because I didn't have an orchestra teacher that knew how to play the bass. Uh-huh. So very unorthodox and no music theory whatsoever <laughs> for me. <laughs> but um, when I was younger, I live in Mankato, and we're about an hour and a half south of the Twin Cities. And mm-hmm. um, I the, there's a great youth symphony up there, the Greater Twin Cities Youth Symphony, and they wanted me to come up and play bass in that. And uh, so I was like, okay. So they, they took me up to a music camp, and this was when I was in high school. Yeah. And uh, it was music camp for kids of all ages, although I played in the, the high school orchestra. But they tested you on your music theory the first day you were there, and then you had to be in a music theory class. Mm. And I was in a music theory class with second graders. That was my <laughs> skill set. <laughs> So the fact that you could be like this is this is E minor is really impressive. Yeah. <laughs> well, that I mean, I'm just looking on the wiki and it's it's key V minor. It's got it charted out, and you know, I'm just scrolling through. I'm like, yeah, yep, yep, yep. That all looks right. That all checks out. Yeah. <laughs> on other ones, so, I'm like, mm-hmm. are you a musician then too? <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. I'm actually a music teacher. I, oh, okay. Uh, teach elementary music, kindergarten through sixth grade, and I teach uh, beginning band and choir. Oh, that's excellent. I I am such uh, a fan of music in the schools because it did wonders for me. And it I think it gives kids a real kind of self-confidence that you can't get um, mm-hmm. from other things that you experience in school. And uh, I I just, I wouldn't, the, the fact that a lot of schools are cutting back on that, I, I hope it never happens because uh, it's so important. Whether it's band, choir, or orchestra, or even mm-hmm. art, arts in, in general. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. I'm pretty bummed to say that the district I'm in currently does not have an orchestra program. But I did teach beginning orchestra as well for uh, six years when I was down in southern Indiana. So I've taught a little bit of orchestra too. I've taught a couple of bass players in my day. That's awesome. Yeah, yeah. Not you so know. Are you a trombone was my main instrument. What's that? Are you one of those guys that can pick up any instrument and you know how to play it pretty much? Kind of. I wouldn't say any instrument, but yeah. <laughs> I mean, I mean, when you go to school for music education, you take methods classes in every, I mean, Western orchestral instruments. You know, you learn how to play, play pretty much anything. But I am in two bands as well. The one I play drums in and the one I play guitar in. Um, though the one, you know, in kind of They Might Be Giants fashion, the, uh, 
my band Outdoor Valor was just me and my wife for six years. We've since added a backing band, John Henry style. Uh, you know, we've, <laughs> or we've, we've rounded out the band, but, uh, on our first few records, it was me playing the drums, the keyboards, the guitars. My wife played bass. We both sang, you know, I'd lay down wow. some trombone. She was a French horn player. can also play trumpet. We put down all that kind of stuff on there. Um, and, uh, I play accordion as well, <laughs> of course. And, uh, you know, I, I, I dabble, but yeah, <laughs> That's great. One of those, one of those guys, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> oh, the one. Oh, the other thing I forgot to talk about is okay. the the big live version off of uh, Severe Tire Damage. Uh, oh yeah. So you know the album Factory Showroom came out in '96, and then '97 uh, it, it comes out again on the Severe Tire Damage live album. Do you like the uh, severe tire damage version of XTC? I, I do. It's a, uh, it's even bigger sounding mm-hmm. um, than the uh, the the factory showroom uh, with the guitars and stuff like that. Um, yeah, another ripper of a solo to start, but a different solo. Mm-hmm. Yep, yep. Um, so yeah, I I I probably almost prefer that live version more than the factory showroom, just because mm. it is a little different sounding, but I, I do like the strings. So then they, of course on the live, the strings aren't there. So yeah. Linnell just covers those on, uh, some keyboard sounds. Yeah. Yeah. Which is, which is still pretty good, but, uh, um, yeah, they do. A, I'm looking at that too. Cause that's right here in my, I have my big binder next right here. They do yeah. a couple of songs off of factory showroom. Don't they? They do two, three, yeah, it was yeah. The, the fresh album. Yep, that's yeah. true. <laughs> mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, they, they, I mean, they keep it pretty faithful to the original, which you know makes yeah. sense because it was <laughs> recorded not long after. Um, but uh, it's not like some of those really old songs where they really screw with them. Uh, they they keep it pretty pretty straight ahead. But yeah, it sounds great. Um, but they do play this song a lot. Apparently, it's been played 141 times, which. Uh, Oh, Lately, wow. I've been coming across a lot of songs that are in the you know double digits only and getting played. So this one, uh, I wonder if I've ever live, seen them live do that. I don't think I have. I don't remember. I've seen them, I think six times, but I don't think I've ever seen them do that. Yeah, I'm pretty sure I haven't, because I because I I'd, I'd probably start screaming really loud with XTC or something. Yeah, <laughs> right. Yeah. <laughs> I'm interested to know if they still do that ending because on the severe tire damage they still do a, a weird little kind of 
fuck around ending. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Different from yeah. the album, yeah. That's just as annoying. <laughs> <laughs> and what's funny is that they the uh that they cut out the the crowd like there's no applause after the song, I don't think. I think it just goes right onto the however they edited the um when they put it all together. So it's just kinda like the song's kinda dying away. And you don't hear anybody going like, woo! It's just like the song is just kind of dying away in this sad fashion. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, you know, I was looking at the liner notes of that, too, and I. it's crazy because it says they've got all these places that it was live recorded, but then they say that they were up at Pachyderm Studios here in Minnesota, um, which is crazy to oh. think about that. The, like, one of my biggest regrets in life is... Uh, uh, I we're about ten minutes away from a town called St. Peter, and Gustavus Adolphus is there. And at mm-hmm. some point in my life, they had Frank Black from the Pixies, and I'm a mm-hmm. big Pixies fan, big mm-hmm. Frank Black fan. Frank Black and they might be Giants same night on a show there. Um, well, and I they didn't, are uh, did the other friends, it. so makes sense. Yeah, I did not see it. Oh, <laughs> didn't even yeah, know about bummer. it somebody gave me like a recording uh board recording of it after the fact uh mm. years years after the fact but uh so how can that, that happen that would, 10 that years away or 10 10 miles away from you and you're completely oblivious to it Whoops. of course this is back <laughs> before you know the internets really were a thing so that explains a little of it but uh i don't know because this was the uh late 80s so it's we weren't you know you didn't have facebook and there weren't stuff you could go to on the internet to oh, look up man. your bands because that just early didn't exist giants early pixies man yeah yeah that would be man. well early frank black right right after the pixies broke up so okay well that would well, i mean that would have been more when did the pixies break up 93 uh 94 yeah i know Either so, way, we're talking dial-up internet. You would have had to like kick everyone off the phone to get on to find out about yeah, the tour dates. Yeah. <laughs> yep. Damn. Yeah. So that must have been a good so one. upsetting. And then even uh, they had uh, Ryan Adams played there um, before he was big, mm-hmm. and there was like maybe five people that showed up to the show. Um, wow. And uh, and a friend of mine ran the the boards for that, so he gave me a. A recording of that too <laughs> nice it's like i i'm not so into who ryan adams is as a person these days but <laughs> <Yeah>. um <laughs> back in the day i was I, I was a big fan and mm-hmm. i have quite a few of his albums but uh that yeah, would have been Whiskey another good show to see yeah. yeah oh yeah that was really good let's take a quick break to hear from one of our podcast friends you like they might be giants huh oh, i hope so considering the podcast you're listening to Do you want to listen to another podcast where they mention They Might Be Giants almost every episode and it has nothing to do with that band? Of course you do. Well, then we have the podcast for you. At Bare Naked ABCs, we discuss every Bare Naked Lady song alphabetically. We break down the music, break down the lyrics, discuss other appearances by the band, and just have a fun time in general. But we also have interviews sometimes with people related to the band, such as when we talk to Dave Foley of Kids in the Hall, Harlan Williams, Susan Rogers, and of course, Stephen Page and Andy Cregan from Bare Naked Ladies. So if you like funny, sarcastic, and irreverent humor and music, come listen to us talk about the Canadian They Might Be Giants over at Bare Naked. 
A, B, C. I think um, let's get to the cover section, which surprisingly, in this case, I could only find one cover of this song. I was really uh, surprised about that. I, I knew there would be one cover just because, honestly, ukulele covers, <laughs> should they even count as a cover? Oh, um, no, do not even. I just had a Patreon episode <laughs> with ukulele players talking about oh, why no. <laughs> they're so popular with ukulele players. They might be giants and ukulele players. Oh, Marianne, you got to, uh, these are shots fired, Marianne. You got to uh, <laughs> fire back at Shelly here. This well, <laughs> the gauntlet my, has been here's thrown. Here's my problem. If, uh, I don't know, ukuleles get a bad hipster rap. So... Sure, I feel like that's worn off a little bit. It was really Has like it? when okay. the movie when the movie Juno came out, and like the Kimmy Dawson and Moldy Peaches stuff that was on that, like that kind of twee stuff that was all over that soundtrack. You know, and then it seemed like you know every every young hipster yeah bought a ukulele. Um, I think it's yep. cooled off a little bit, and now it's like it's just done like the true ukulele players. And this guy we're we're about to play. Um, <laughs> after you diss ukuleles, this guy we're about to play <laughs> real solid. Uh, <laughs> the YouTube channel is only uke that matters. XTC versus Adam and content versus form. Fighting for their place in rock and roll. There is no right or wrong. Or just when you think it's finished with XTC on top. Ant music like a phoenix flies back up the charts. All XTC versus Adam and only one will survive. Beatle-based pop versus new romantic history will decide. XTC versus Adam and I can't tell you why. Not even Annabella from Bow Wow Wow could ever make up her mind. I thought his his vocal choices were interesting. Yeah, he kind of detours from the main melody a little bit. He does, yeah. But yeah, in interesting ways. I mean, he, that's not to say he isn't a good singer. But yeah, he's just a little. Uh, no, no, yeah, it's just. Uh, um, I don't know. There's there's covers where they you just strictly. I'm just going to do this song exactly as written. And mm-hmm. there's covers where they think they're being smart by just doing them faster, which is kind of ridiculous. Um, <laughs> but then. Uh, hey, um, you're thr- you're the shots fired to me as well on that. I just. <laughs> Oh, no. I just released a like boat a of car cover. I just oh god, I love me first the gimme gimme's. Well, I just released a boat of car episode or me and uh, this dude Adam Gorin, who was in a uh, punk band called Adam and His Package for a while in the early oh, aughts. We yep, did a did super super sped up uh, version of boat of car. It's a drumless song, but I put punk drums to it and uh, <laughs> there's huge distorted guitars at the end. You know. Nice. We'll, we'll change your ma- change your mind on the uh, speeding up well, method. <laughs> but but it sounds like you got a little more original with it, not just like, all right, we're gonna do this really fast, fast we can. Oh, I'd like to think so. But what what yeah. did you think about this uh, ukulele skills here? Um, I I liked it. I liked that he did change up the the chorus, um, bit. So and then mm-hmm. I thought, oh my god, how is he gonna do the the weird noises and stuff? And he did. <laughs> he just ignored them. So. I think yeah, that's a good thing to it. do. 
Yeah. <laughs> oh my God. And here's Marianne, Marianne McTrow, who was, uh, has been on the pod a couple of times and was on this ukulele episode. Uh, she posted on the YouTube comments <laughs> for this, uh, this guy, these uke people, they stick together. She posted, oh, such a good cover on uh, this, this <laughs> cover here. So hi, Marianne. <laughs> and then he replied, thanks. My, uh, the idea was to punk it up a little. <laughs> there you go. Yeah. Yeah, I think it's a solid, co- a solid cover. I mean, I think ukuleles, I think, got a bad rap because they got a lot of people, myself included, kind of half-heartedly learn how to play ukulele. But if if you see like someone who really you know that's their primary instrument or that's what they focus on, and you see them doing you know showing what the instrument really can do, you know, I think it gives you a little different uh, different opinion on it. Yeah, I like and I, I think my biggest problem with them is the whole hipster thing. Um, <laughs> so take the hipster away from the ukulele, and then it's all right. <laughs> I mean, this guy here, I, I don't, I'm not sure what this guy's uh, real name is, but he's he seems like a normal guy. Not coming out, not giving me hipster vibes. It's not wearing a, a hat or a, um, <laughs> anything like that. Yeah. He looks like a They Might Be Giants fan. That's what he looks like. <laughs> <laughs> Which means he looks awesome. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, there was only that one cover, surprisingly. Um, I was hoping to find Can like you... a good guitar cover where someone tried, you know, shredding that solo at the beginning, but no, yeah, no such luck. Yeah. yeah. Have you come across a song other than like some of the, real strange little songs where there just aren't any covers yet or well i mean like i said we've we've covered a lot like as they've been brand new songs and 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 those ones usually are harder to find covers you know like just too new yeah like you know we didn't find any covers of door-to-door minotaur (laughs) you know back when we did that (laughs) episode you know uh yeah it, it happens on occasion and sometimes when that happens i'll do a cover lots of times just live on air i'll just bash it out uh, mistakes and all on onto the <laughs> podcast. Sometimes I'm like, wow. "Damn it, there's got to be one cover," you know. So, so you, awesome. you, you'll you'll hear that on occasion. I think I did that for um, uh, what's I did it for a couple of songs. Oh, we do you know the song? Oh, we off of Elm Race's new and troubling questions. <laughs> oh, <laughs> it's the very first track. Sure. <laughs> wow. Yeah, me me and my guest did that, and he he did the the backup <laughs> vocals. Uh, from England, actually, Ger Samuel sang it over the phone nice. as I played it on guitar. Um, yeah, so I've done that on occasion. Um, but yeah, it'll it'll happen. I mean, they have so many songs. Um, but yeah, you, sometimes you get surprised. You know, these ones that are just like the the, the cult classics. You know, be like, <laughs> oh, this is such an obscure song. But then you find those people like us. They're like, well, I got to cover the weirdest one. You know, what's uh, what song that no one else is covering? And then you'll be like, wait, uh, other people like me have covered it. I would have liked to have, uh, if Andy Partridge hadn't jumped off of Twitter, um, I had several interactions with him because he was, he would actually, if you asked him a question or wrote to him, he, he would write back to you. Um, Mm. and I would have liked to have asked him if he knew about this song and what he thought about it just to see, in, in my gut tells me he probably would have been offended to be. To consider that someone like Adam Ant was on par with XTC, um, I think that. But, but since they've worked been, together, you know, I mean, he's released stuff, you know, through the Hello Record Club. You know, they've, you know, they've spoken. It's not like oh, they're yeah, strangers. I, I, I think, I think it'd be like, okay, it's you know, it's in good fun. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. But it's amazing how how easily offended he is, though, too. <laughs> 
Um, Maybe I'll have to add him in in a tweet about this episode. <laughs> no, I, I we say many good things about XTC. Yeah, I, so. uh, I I love him to death, and and I, I be pleased. and I and I understand why you might be upset. I I think he probably feels it as upset that I am that XTC wasn't bigger than they were. I think he feels that a hundred times more than I do. Mm-hmm. Um, but. I, I I know there's there's been a successful uh, musician, and then there's you know making the music that you wanted to make, and 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 uh, uh, and he's still making music. And I don't know if Adam Ant is still making music or not. I know he's had some. He put um, out a record in 2017. Oh, did he? Okay. Yeah. And I know he's Haven't had heard some it. mental <laughs> health issues too. Uh, over the years and so i i think uh his health might not have been the best at some points but mm-hmm. um the one thing thing i will say about adam ant is that he is a huge legendary stardust cowboy fan uh fan mm-hmm. um and i uh tim and i that do our our show shuffle function um are big fans of the ledge uh and so he's like gone out of his way to uh to to meet the ledge a couple of times and has talked about how much he loved the legendary Stardust Cowboy. So that kind of endears me to Adamant to some right. <laughs> uh, aspect as well, um, which is so cool. St- still got some love, even though he, he's lost this battle for you versus XTC. Yep, XTC is <laughs> going to beat you. Sorry, Adam. <laughs> yeah. We've come to the point in the show where you have to score this song. We're not scoring XTC. We're not scoring Adamant. We are scoring XTC versus Adamant. On a scale to 10, you can use decimals, and you're uh, scoring it against other They Might Be Giants songs. So within their canon, not against every song. You're not scoring it against Dear God. You know, you're scoring it against other They Might Be Giants songs. Okay. And it's 1 to 10? Yes. And you can use decimals. Wow. You know, and I didn't look at uh, on the wiki page to see where this came in for... uh what they say for out of the this comes in as the such and such most popular song. I'm looking at it right now. It is. Oh, are you? <laughs> it's not high up. Um, it's ranked 692 out of 910 in yeah, the database. Because, you know, but it says 95 people have given an average rating of 7.51. So 7.5 is still not a bad score. Well, I'm not going to go anywhere near that high. <laughs> to be honest with, you. I like the song a lot, but I there are just songs i like better um mm-hmm. sure. and, and that's that's i mean i think that's i don't feel bad in saying that just because i still like the song and i still listen to it and i still play it um mm-hmm. i would give it like a 5.5 okay wow, <laughs> wow. i'm, I'm and, gonna uh, and i I'm hope i can you... sleep tonight after yeah. that after i say that <laughs> Yep, you know, Flans knows where to reach you. He'll I know. call you up. Yep. Yep. Uh, I'm going to go a little bit higher than you. I think I'm going to go with, I think I'm going to go a, a 6.5. Okay. I, I just love the, you know, there's, and, and I'm, I'm very stingy with my high scores because I have to score them all eventually. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but there's a lot of things I like about this. Like I said, it's kind of a, a, a unique sound for them, this kind of swagger and these cinematic strings. You know, it's got a lot of cool musical elements, um, whatever you might think of the ending. But, and, and, and just the lyrical <laughs> content 
it's it's rare in its lyrical content as well that they go a little bit more straightforward. I mean, usually when you're digging through They Might Be Giants lyrics, you're like, well, what do they really mean by this? And, you know, while there's a little bit of that in here, it's just like, let's talk about rock and roll in a rock and roll song. So that's, yep. you know, yeah. I love that. I love that. Uh, so, yeah, I'll, I'll go 6.5. So, um okay. Plug, uh, plug your show some more. How can people, uh, when and how and where can people listen to uh, Shuffle Function? Um, well, you can find us uh, uh, on the onlines at uh, www.kmsu.org. And um, I'm on every Monday through Friday morning from 6 to 9. And we take requests. So if you want to hear They Might Be Giant song, you can re- you can request it more than once a year. Yeah. <laughs> Um, and it's cool because we, we do have people that have been listening for years and are now just, they listen to us in the morning. They're just part of our normal listeners. Um, awesome. And so you can, uh, listen to us, uh, online there and, uh, you can find us, uh, on Facebook too. It's shuffle function, two different words. And we have a blog, uh, shufflefunction.blogspot.com too. It, that doesn't get as updated as much as we'd like it to, but you can find us through the blog and find uh, find your way to KMSU as well. Great, um, great. And I know if people want to listen to uh, the interviews with the Johns from past years, those are pretty available on um, YouTube. Um, yes, I think you said they're yeah. up on your Facebook page. I think too. they're but, on the on Tom and Chantil's website. The they might be playing. They might be giants. I think he's posted all of them there too. Are um, the entire marathons up there? Can you go and listen to all twelve hours? You, they were. I want to say you still can for this last one. Um, nice. Not all, although maybe some of the older ones are too. Yet, um, I know we try to keep them up for as long as we can, and you can listen to our show's archive for up to two weeks. But uh, okay, I think so. we saved that twelve hours so that. It's it's somewhere out in the world, and you can find it. Um, I I've never I never go back and listen to them, and I've never gone. This is the first time I've actually gone back and listened to one of the interviews. Um, yeah, because I just <laughs> I'm one of those people that don't like to hear myself talking um, at all, <laughs> and I'm amazed that people will listen to me talking. Um, and I and I well, you probably know this because you're you're somebody that interviews people all the time. I have a real issue with being such a fangirl over talking with people who are like your favorite musicians. And sometimes, sometimes I just say really stupid, embarrassing stuff. Um, No way. No, you're, you're, (laughs) no, no, no. The interviews are great. Did you, did you hear a couple years ago? Tim makes, my co-host makes fun of me all the time for this, where I pitched because John Flansburg said they were kind of in between projects and looking for something to do. So I pitched a TV show for him yeah. called Rain- Rainbow Chasers. So it's like tornado chasers, <laughs> but they're chasing rainbows. But you can't ever get to the end of a rainbow because it doesn't exist. Um, and I went on like this five-minute tear, like uh, like I'm pitching it. And I just remember looking up and looking at my co-host, and he's just like, what are you doing? <laughs> just like... <laughs> and, 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 and Hand Flans, across throat. Stop, stop. Plans just went, uh, uh, okay. <laughs> so, so sometimes I just can't help myself. 
<laughs> I was looking on YouTube to see if uh, I could find the entire marathons, but on the James Ensor channel, which I'm guessing must be someone involved with the show, they have the uh, Flans and Linnell interviews from uh, this year and from last year. Okay. That might be something that Tom's got then, because I know he tries to archive all that stuff. Um, and, and the the cool thing is over the years that um, if we couldn't archive it or if it for some reason didn't record, like on the uh, um, They Might Be Giants chat room, somebody out there recorded it, and they would always share it, which was great. So mm-hmm. it's uh, I, I just love the all the folks that are out there. That are they might be Giants fans, and and I and we've been doing it for seven years. Like I said, we've had listeners that were there from like the first year and still listening, um, and familiar names, and it's so much fun to hear from them um, every year. Yeah, and I know we I, always. I, yeah, I get that same vibe from the podcast. Yeah. Oh, nice. We always ask folks to like uh, let us know what you're doing or what you're up to or what creative stuff you're working on. I just. It, they might be Giants fans. They're so creative and so talented. So it's mm-hmm. always just amazing to see what they're up to, which yeah. could be anything, but it's and, just incredible. Yeah, and it's great doing this podcast. I've become so friendly with so many people that uh, have been on the show or listened to the show, and uh, getting to have different guests on every episode. You know, finding about what what they're into and what what they do because the, they might be Giants fans. There's just such a wide a wide variety of people that are yep. into this band. You can't, you can't uh, pigeonhole us. Yeah. So it makes for an interesting, uh, interesting time. Conversations. <laughs> and I'm so glad to finally have you on. It's been like a year coming. I remember after the last yeah. year's marathon, I mean like, Hey, you want to do this? And just, you know, it, it didn't happen for whatever reason. And now I'm finally, I'm glad you're finally on. So thanks. Thanks for doing this. Yeah. Yeah. Well, thanks for doing the podcast. And, of course, uh, you know, we do it and, out of uh, that love for TMBG. And uh, all the ukulele players out there, um, <laughs> my mind can be changed. So feel free to, 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 to make an argument. Um, and uh, and if, you should uh, listen the to Johns, that episode. Yeah. If the Johns listen to this, I'm sorry that I gave it a 5.5. It's still <laughs> an amazing song. It's just when you have... 900 something songs and i love so many of them mm-hmm. yeah it's just you know in relation to the other songs still a great song still yeah. would rather listen to this than a lot of other bands uh, oh songs. my gosh yes so. yeah <laughs> yeah <laughs> all right well people can find this might be a podcast uh this might be a podcast.com this might be a podcast.bandcamp.com has a lot of those covers up uh hit me up on twitter this might be a pod you can email this might be a pod at gmail with your thoughts uh, who do you think would win that battle, XTC or Adamant? Let me know. You can call to uh, <laughs> leave a voicemail two two four eight zero one two nine three zero. And if you really like uh, what we're doing and you want to support the show, you can go to patreon.com slash this might be a podcast. So, uh, Shelly Pierce, everybody, the famous Shelly Pierce from <laughs> no. You've Heard Her on the Radio. Thanks for being on. <laughs> yeah, thank you. <laughs> <laughs>